0: chase thomas Podcast. the chase thomas podcast um, my nephew needs me to record see i hate i
1: already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to another episode of atlanta sports guys here on a friday afternoon 929 247 he's addicted to working at places with numbers in <laughs> their name garrett chapman garrett good afternoon sir how are you oh i'm good man
0: i mean you know the numbers come come with the radio station you know it's mm-hmm. just sort of a it's it kind of comes with the territory
1: <laughs> probably true can't really get around that one not really <laughs> N- no the game 99 well i guess i don't know Who, what do people say more the game 929 or the 929 the game I guess nine the f- game. yeah
0: 92 people because you say 92 9 in reference to atlanta sports yeah. and generally speaking people know what you're talking about but what's say, weird is game, like in new york I mean, they do the fan the
1: right they do the wfan then the numbers and it doesn't sound weird because like we're francesa yeah, See, Baltimore. i just know them as wfan i don't even know what they're see isn't that weird though
0: yeah, I mean, that's how some numbers. stations are. Some stations are. I mean, hmm. we're WZGC.
1: Never would have guessed that. Is that CBS? 680 is CNN. Hmm.
0: So WCNN, really. But WSB is that way, though. But you know, like immediately, hmm. I say WSB. That's, that's exactly. It's not Channel 2. It's not hmm. 95.5 or 750. It's just WSB.
1: Yeah, WSB, Fox 5, and then you're CBS 46. ANF. Yeah, well, they're at Atlanta first. news first now. Wait, what? They rebranded. Yeah, Who?
0: Back, like um, uh, GCL.
1: What are we talking about right now? Who rebranded? W-G-C-
0: WGCL is uh, CBS 46. They rebranded to Atlanta News First.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. I, I didn't sign off on that. They're CBS 46 until I, I left the city and I didn't sign off as ex czar <laughs> of Atlanta. No, CBS 46. Uh, I,
0: this is an XIA wagon in uh, SB town.
1: Yeah, there you go. Which one's Miles on? Is he on Fox or is he NBC? I think he's
0: XIA. Was so that alive.
1: NBC? The NBC play? NBC. Okay. Eleven live. Right there, you go. Well, that's your Atlanta minute on. Uh, I don't know. I should know that offhand, it but was I just saw on I just last week. I don't know. I watch his stuff, and I don't actually know. <laughs> Apologies, Miles, when you're listening. Sorry, to Sorry, but listen to Miles Garrett. You just, you could just. He's cool. He's up in Indianapolis right now. Yeah,
0: he's doing pretty well. I've been following his coverage. He's got some good stuff.
1: Yeah, this uh, it's been pretty good. Byron Young running a crazy forty. It's nice Jalen Hyatt hopefully runs the fastest uh this week. Everything up to coming up Tennessee at the moment. Um which is always I don't know good, If you saw
0: but... those Georgia times, man. Eh,
1: eh. Uh, Georgia's not uh, really trying to be in the spotlight right now. Nolan Here. is
0: uh Nolan just ran a 439. Mhm. That's a defensive lineman. Well technically mm. it's an edge guy, but 439. Yeah. Keily Ringo just ran, ran a 436, I think.
1: Mhm. Hmm. Hey, that's the me. guy who's
0: not participating in the, uh, physical nature of the, <laughs> of the combine. He's there for interviews, but we won't get into that one.
1: Uh, man. um, we're going to get into some NFL stuff, though. Not the combine itself, because I don't really know. Like, I'm not an expert. Like, when people are <laughs> like, oh, look at that. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Why does it make it better? And I, I don't really have a, a firm grasp on stuff like that. I'm always curious uh, with draft evaluators, how they react to certain thing and measurables and stuff like that, because I just, I don't really have a concept for that. But the Falcons have a need for a number two wide out. Our uh, Atlanta Sports Guys chat. We've talked about who it's going to be. Max Markovich. Uh, has thrown out Keenan Allen. It seems like he's a priority now in uh, LA, and he's not leaving. I think they called. They said they wanted him to be somebody. Uh, I forgot who it was. They Tom Telesco, the mm. GM in LA, compared him to, and I forgot who it was. Not Michael, not Mike Evans, but it was somebody, somebody like that, just a long term guy with one team, yeah, and just kind of the the bridge guy. But I forgot who he actually compared him to. But either way,
0: I mean he's talented enough to be that guy. He's still good. I'd like to see him in Atlanta. I just. we'd have to trade assets for him and I don't really want to do that
1: no who should it be though this offseason and do you think it should be filled in the draft should they draft someone high and spend a lot of their free agency resources to a receiver how would you approach it Garrett
0: I I mean if you go for a big ticket item you can do that Uh, go get a veteran I think this team needs a veteran pass catcher Uh, I just in general I think you go bring back Alameda Zacchaeus, OZ he's a fine prospect a fine player um he was the most established wide receiver in that room last year which is kind of weird to think about it that way but uh i think they do a little bit of both it would be surprising to me if they don't draft one at all um just because this is such a deep crop of wide receivers in the draft this year uh but there are also some there are no like really flashy names unless you consider odell beckham jr to be flashy at this point in his career uh which i don't but there's no big fish out there at wide receiver. There were a lot of very good wide receivers, which I think plays into what the Falcons want. Because when you look at what they have right now, I mean, they, they just spent a top overall pick on Drake London last year. You have Kyle Pitts, who's coming back from injury. Who you spent the fourth overall pick on the year before that. I mean, go out, go get like an Alan Lazard or maybe a Miko Hardman or Darius Slayton, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. You know, like there are guys out there who I think you can round out a receiver room and make, give your team some veteran experience. And I think that'd be valuable for this team, especially since very young on offense, um, especially at the scope skill players, you know? Um, So I'd like to see them go that direction. Will they go that direction? I have no idea. Terry Fontenot has has proven time and again, that he's going to take the quote unquote best player available, whatever that means. Um, And and if that means it's a wide receiver, then I guess we're going to be bringing in a wide receiver because there are a lot of great wide receivers in this draft class. So, I, I, I think it's going to be a combination of the two, long long story short. um, I, I'd like to see them bring in a veteran and then go get a guy maybe in the second or third round. Maybe maybe your boy Jalen Hyatt.
1: Mm. I don't know if he fits. I wouldn't want him here. I don't think all, all that Falcons well, but he, he's that in way. that
0: range is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That second, third round, that guy. Senator so Tillman makes a lot more of those sense those Rice. Yeah. Yeah, so there are guys that will fall into the third round that I think are really talented. Does that mean that they need to go get Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston or or, or Jackson Smith and Jigpa or something? Not necessarily. I don't think they need to do that. But because I really want to see them address the defense through the draft, especially at the top of the draft. Uh, But there are good players. Josh Downs, Keyshawn Butte. I mean, this is a deep class at wide receiver, especially in the first three rounds. So I'd like to see them get one of those guys.
1: Didn't Butte go back to LSU?
0: He was going to go back to LSU back in December. Uh-huh. He announced it. And then after January, he redeclared for the draft. Oh, is he
1: back in? I didn't realize He's that. He's back in the draft.
0: Or he should be. Hmm. Yeah, because I don't know. There was some drama or something. That yeah, I thought he went back. back. He okay. flip-flopped I, I, one hmm. way or the other. I think he declared He declared for the draft officially in January. Hmm.
1: My number one, I, I think you have to do both. I don't think people understand just how limited this receiving core was and how much was on Drake London's plate, especially after... Kyle Pitts went out where if you want to really see what you have in Desmond Ritter, you cannot go into this year, not significantly upgrading the wide receivers. Like, I think the running back situation is about to be the same. I think you go into a Tyler Algier, you bring back CP, who is basically like a de facto GM at this point. He's a great Twitter follower. Um, <laughs> he's great, so man. I good He was, upset. A good log- he was yeah.
0: you see his tweet. He just, he sent something out. He's like, he was upset that he didn't get a de- invite yes. to Indianapolis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like CP is great. He's awesome. And I think he's back. So I think you bring both those guys back and then you can always just draft a running back super late and just add more bodies to the room. Sure. I don't think they're going to go beat john it. Today. That being said, I do think the dearth of talent at wide out is just so detrimental to figuring out what you have. It's like the Jalen Hurts thing. It's like you go out and trade for AJ Brown or you go out and you draft Devonte Smith in the first round. You You still allocate a lot of your resources to beefing up as many playmakers around your young quarterback as seemingly possible because like it just it makes their jobs a lot easier especially with these quarterbacks who like I like Ritter I just don't think he's going to be a top five top six guy in this league I don't think that he has that path but you can still win a lot of games with him but I think a lot of it's going to come down to the guys around Desmond Ritter and it's just not good enough. And this is such a huge year where I forgot who I was listening to talk about this, but it was Robert Mays and Josh Kendall on the NFL podcast, the athletic NFL podcast. But I think what they said was "And blank was on somebody else's show because blank's pretty open. Arthur blank. Uh, he, he talks to the media and will open up about stuff. But I think the sentiment was like Arthur has one more year, basically, of like if we go seven and 10 next year, it's like understandable. But then after that, you got to be contending like or yeah. work like the basically this is the last gap year um, before you have to show like this is working and we're a playoff team and it's like a playoff or bus after this year with all that being said I think to see what you have in Desmond going into this offseason you have to beef it up you just cannot limit this guy who needs a lot of help around him which is not a problem because he's super smart he's gonna put the ball where he needs to I don't think he's gonna be a turnover guy but it has to be more. And I think I look at snaps and Alan Lazard was third in snaps among all available wide receivers right now. Lazard's big, good red zone guy. He's probably priority one for me. And then I'm still drafting someone in the slot. Like the Calvin Ridley stuff. it, It just sucks because if he's still on this roster, like I don't think we need to address something like that. No, but because he's out, I think that's just an underrated part of why they think they have to still keep investing in receiver is just because of what happened there. And then you feel good if you go tailman or whoever in the second or third round. Drake London, you get a healthy pits back and you sign a veteran like Alan Lazard. I think then you're like, oh, this is this is enough you can feel comfortable like this is enough to see what we have in Desmond Ritter. Can he be good enough with this amount of talent at wide out and tight end to really get us to 10, 11 wins and just win a lot of regular season games and do play the way we want to play and actually score enough to, to take that next step in the NFC. I think that's what it is, but you're just, you're, you're chopping the kids legs at, or chopping out the knees or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I think at least add one high ticket, receiver and still draft another receiver in the second or third round. I think it has to be I also just I value so much of the snap stuff. It's like how how, how uh, reliable and durable are they at this point in their career with these free agent wide receivers? And it seems like Alan Lazard you can at least count on for a lot of snaps. And that's what we want um, with this group is you want to bring in somebody who is reliable, red zone guy, big, big body that Arthur Smith likes and seems like a good fit. So my dream scenario is Alan Lazard and then insert slot guy here that you could sell me on in the second or third round. Is that fair?
0: I like that. I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's a that's a blueprint. Mm. That's kind of a, around what I was saying too. I, I, I'm i on the same page with that. Um, I mean, you got to, I mean, Desmond Ritter, I'm confident that Desmond Ritter is going to be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons in
1: 2023.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to come out here and just like proclaim it's going to happen and there's no other realm of possibility in which we have a, a, another name
1: Mm-hmm. Starting
0: games for the Atlanta Falcons? No, I'm not going to say that because I said the same thing about Deshaun Watson, and we saw what happened there. Um, but look, I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. At the end of the day, like this team needs experience, they need depth. They didn't have that last year, especially when Desmond Ritter was playing. Uh, Kyle Pitts coming back, I think, is going to be a big boon for this offense, um, which is why I don't think they need to go for like the big fish if they're if, like that Keenan Allen. That, that was floated initially in this conversation. Mm. Uh, so I think with your blueprint, the one that you just laid out, I think that's perfectly adequate. Alan Lazard, he's fine. Like he's mm. a fine player, but the thing he did, he doesn't need to come in and be the number one. Right. I, I just need him to come in and be a solid number two, uh, a secondary option, or even a third option. Uh, and, and then we can pull in some other wide receiver who you think that, I mean, if, if you go get Alan Lazard, I'm not taking a wide receiver in the top three rounds. I, I mm. don't think, I don't think I'm going to do it that in that way, but maybe go find like a project guy, some guy later on in the draft, somebody who has high upside. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'll do that and let him develop as the fourth or fifth option on this roster, mm-hmm. because then I'm also going to go bring back Alameda to And all of a sudden that's, that's a wide receiver room right there. Like you're, you're set and then figure out what's going on in the offensive line. I think they can do that in free agency. And then there you go. That's your offense. That's a yeah. strong offense. And, And look, I I don't need them to come out and be the Kansas City Chiefs or or the Philadelphia Eagles. I need them to be the the Minnesota Vikings, you know, Mm -hmm. just be good enough, be good enough to win football games. They were good enough to be in football games last year. I think they're good enough to win football games next year.
1: That's fair. Uh, Marcus Mariota was released this week. Um, Least surprising news of the last 12 months. (laughs) <laughs> so good luck to him in San Francisco as QB2 behind Trey Lance and Brock Purdy as he gets healthy. We'll see where he ends up. Um, now I'm curious though, where do you think they go for veteran quarterback? Because they're not just going into next year with Desmond Ritter and then drafting another guy. That's too y- no. that's too young. And they're not going with what Logan Woodside. He's not going to be the backup going into next year. Where do you think they go?
0: I think they're going to go big fish hunting at quarterback. It would not surprise me if they did that. I should say. I don't have to say I think that they do that. I'm going to say that I am I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. They did it last uh, year. They did last year, and it would not surprise me at all if they did it again this year. You know, so look, the Atlanta Falcons have, have they have a need at quarterback, so they're going to go out and either draft or sign or trade for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That much is a guarantee. You're not going to go into the season with just one guy on the roster, much less the whoever that random backup is that they signed, who is effectively a glorified practice squad player. Mm-hmm. No offense to him, but
1: bring back Kurt Ben Kurt.
0: Kirk Binkert, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he was no, he wasn't he's not in Tampa. No, Day, I'm saying it. just
1: bring him back like that. Yeah, bring him Good back vibe guy. Kirk
0: Binkert, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I it would not surprise me if they go and go and, and and try at least for a Lamar Jackson or something like that. Um but what I'm assuming is he's gonna be too expensive. They're not gonna want to pay for him, and then subsequently pay this ludicrous contract that he's gonna be owed. Um, and if that's the route they go, great. You get Lamar Jackson, fantastic. This team is extremely good. Uh, I won't have any qualms with that necessarily. On the other hand, if Desmond Ritter is going to be your guy, I don't think it's going to be a really flashy offseason. Go get mm-hmm. like an AJ McCarron type. I, I don't need anybody really <laughs> exciting to back him up. I want some guy with experience, somebody who can be kind of a, a third, a, a third coach. You know, so it's like if your QB coach, your offensive coordinator, and then you have your backup quarterback. Mm. Um, and I want to see that. Like that's well, really. In the Falcons' case, they have four because they have head coach as well. Because mm. uh, Arthur Smith is absolutely involved in that. But I, I want a veteran guy, a guy who's an experienced backup. I don't need somebody who can come off the bench and and be a a, a starter if need be. I don't. I'm not really looking for that. I want somebody who's an experienced backup, a guy mm. who just chills on the bench. You know, like a, 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 a What is it? Clipboard Jesus. You know, like a guy like that.
1: You know who I've been? I mean probably my favorite i think jacoby Brissett makes a lot of sense i think it's they're, a fine fine option um i think they do go into lamar jackson sweepstakes i don't think baker makes a lot of sense for them um he doesn't really strike me as the guy andy dalton i don't think makes a lot of sense um i don't know there's just not a lot there's not a lot out there that is just like hmm interesting like sam darnold hard just pass a but veteran
0: you know just some guy who's been around the league who, who knows offenses and and can be uh some guy who ups him with his preparation on a day-to-day basis
1: jimmy garoppolo is pro. maybe the sneaky best option here jimmy g yeah
0: he's gonna he's gonna cost like 25 million dollars
1: i don't think so you he's think going to g he's gonna that. go for
0: that yes he's gonna want that
1: i don't know he's i think, G's a I think. Perfect,
0: I think jimmy g yeah. would be ideal in a place like miami hmm I don't think he'd go anywhere other than Miami. His old offensive coordinator is the head coach, and they have a quarterback down there who's, well, I, I can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he'll be down there. But
1: I think they have to decide soon. We'll know if Jimmy G is like Miami bound or somebody like that because I think they still have like two or three months to pick up to his fifth year option. And if they don't, then I think they that I mean that's signaling they're bringing in somebody else or they're gonna.
0: I'd be surprised if they don't bring somebody else. Mm. I'd be surprised.
1: Do you think they'll actually do it? by the way, the Falcons go after Lamar Jackson because... They're again, absolutely was,
0: going after Lamar Jackson. So you they're think that's real? You don't
1: think that's even like a smoke thing. You think they're going to no, really, really absolutely
0: go for it. Going, they're absolutely dipping their toe and seeing what it's going to cost, and they're they're picking up the phone and doing their due diligence. I, I, I'd expect to I mean, He's an unrestricted free that.
1: agent. Like He can just sign with the Falcons. Lamar? Yes, because if the Ravens don't tag him... No, they're he... going to
0: tag him. <sighs> they're going to tag him. They No, no. It's... That's that's how it's going to happen. They are mm. they're going to they're going to franchise. They're going to try and reach an agreement. They're going to mm. come up to the deadline and they're going to drop a tag on him. And then he's going to say he's not going to play. And then he'll hold out. And then they'll tag him again next year. And then the next year. And then the next year. There's no way, no way, no how that they let Lamar Jackson walk away for nothing. Mm. It's not happening. Like it's just it's, it's no. <laughs> that's why I initially had the the thought. At first, you know, because it's I, I didn't think it was realistic. And then mm. they just continue to not sign him to a contract. And the, the longer they go with that, I, I just don't know if Lamar wants to be there anymore. Uh, but I don't know why you want to leave. He is a dominant defense and uh, and a great one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Why would he want to leave that? So.
1: I don't know. Todd Monkin's coming in, too. Which Todd Munkin's
0: a great offensive mind. I think Todd Monkens going to be a major upgrade over Greg Roman. Mm-hmm. At offensive coordinator uh I don't know I, I I think Lamar Jackson would be a lot of fun in Atlanta I don't think it's necessarily the best decision it would sell a lot of jerseys and a lot of people would be very interested in Falcons football uh and they'll win a lot of games too there'll be a playoff team with a Lamar Jackson assuming he's healthy like because he's played what 16 games in the last two years
1: mm-hmm.
0: that kind of worries me a lot um Especially considering the type of player that he is, he's a player who's going to run. He's going to get hit. He has a propensity of getting hurt, and I don't really want to pay a guy fifty million dollars if he's only, only going to play half the season. Hmm. That doesn't really give me a lot of confidence. Uh, Would you rather trade
1: for Lamar or Justin Fields? Lam-
0: Lamar, I'd say hmm. probably just because. I mean, Fields is going to cost more. Just he just will. Uh, he's a younger player. Uh, I see both as potential options. I mean, Mm. both guys are are, are talented players. I think Fields probably has a longer shelf life uh, just by virtue of him being significantly younger. What is he like 24 years old? Mm. Uh, I I think both would be very good in Arthur Smith's offense. I don't like their throwing acumen. I think Justin Fields, especially he leaves a lot to be desired in the accuracy department, Uh, but he's got a cannon. I mean, he showed in college that he, he can put the ball in the money if he needs to. It's just, the NFL, the windows are a lot tighter, um, and he struggled at times. And so it's why I want to see what Desmond Ritter can do because Desmond Ritter's affordable. Desmond Ritter's already here on the roster. He knows the, he knows the offense. And I, I think that this team has so many needs elsewhere. And I, I want to go see what this team could look like if you give them a viable defense and upgrade on that side. If you upgrade depth, get better in the trenches, put some guys on the defensive line, get some killer cornerbacks on the outside, I think this team could benefit a lot more from, from a guy like that rather than a Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson in the long term. Not in the short term. In the short term, you get a Lamar Jackson in here. You get this team's going to the playoffs next year.
1: That's fair. Of, speaking of the Falcolic, a lot of free agents. They did their free agent, Tally and Tracker. Keith Smith, Lemonade Zacchaeus, Kaderil Hodge, Demir Bird, Nicole Pruitt, Andy Furkser, yeah. Caleb McGarry, Fetty, Wilkinson, like a lot of names on here. Sean Evans, Lorenzo Carter, Isaiah Oliver. Of that list, who are you most wanting to see the Falcons use their their plethora of cap space to bring back? Who are you prioritizing among the free agents?
0: How many can I give you?
1: Give me three. And one three. of them has to be McCole who I think uh is <laughs> tied into for me until the unicorn, the
0: Falcons, uh unicorn I love McCole I think he has think to he's be great. part of this group. No, I think he's great. Well, see, this is one of those things that I said this on my program on 92.9, $70 million is fool's gold.
1: Mm.
0: It's fool's gold. It's because what we have right now is a team that that we don't have any, we don't have, we have a, a vacant roster. That's why mm. you have so much cap space and you just go through and you sign a guy like, uh, a, I don't know, uh, Lindstrom or something. A guy who, who's going to be on this roster long-term sign him to an extension that eats into some of your contract. I mean, it eats into your cap space. I mean, and then you go down this list, I'm going to give you a couple, just to Mm. answer your question. Like Elijah Wilkinson's a guy who I want to see potentially come back. He was good on the offensive line when he was healthy. I want to see what he can do with a full season. Abdul Anderson was a strong player. Um, Rashawn Evans. Mm. He was a guy in the middle of the field who I think was, he was a tackle machine when he was out there. And and this team needs depth at, at linebacker. And you bring in some veteran experience while Anderson, Troy Anderson, your guy, Continues to develop not Troy and,
1: Morgan as some people do.
0: No, not Troy Morgan. Uh Troy Anderson, the stud, mm-hmm. uh, the athletic freak. I mean, another one is Isaiah Oliver. I'm cheating. Mm. I'm gonna add another one. I think Isaiah oh, yeah. Oliver can be very good, especially if I mean I think he showed something last year. He showed that I mean he could be a competent player. Um But this is what I'm saying. Like you sign all these guys, what are you gonna do? Sign up to another one year deal? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, but then all of a sudden you're right back into the situation again next year. But that's one thing that Terry Fontenot has done very, very effectively is is go, go bargain hunting and get some guys who can fill out your roster, not necessarily be major financial implications, but guys who can add wins to this team. And I think he very effectively did that. So if there's anything that I trust Terry Fontenot to do is go out and find pro personnel. Uh, Hmm. He's shown a propensity to do that. He's been very effective at that over the, over his tenure as the Falcons general manager, the jury's still out on some of those draft picks, but he has shown that he is worth, he's worth his weight in gold when it comes to finding pro personnel, because he is, he struck gold a bunch of times. I mean, like these guys have been, I mean, but the thing is, but it's like, but it's also like relative too, because we're not expecting these guys to come in and be uh, like Michael Turner or anything. Like he's not Mm -hmm. doing that, but you know, but he did sign Cordero Patterson and Cordero Patterson came in and he was pretty damn good himself. But Mm -hmm. these are guys who are coming in and they want to, you know like absorb plays take snaps and and get tackles and do the little things and um, give like the rookies a chance to develop and I think for the most part I think he's done a pretty good job with finding guys like that especially when money is super tight so I trust him.
1: Mikhail Perutz in there for me like I said I'm okay losing Zacchaeus. He doesn't really move the needle. You can find yeah, I already out about him. a Zikios. Yeah, he's another guy I want back. He's, I don't know. Of that group, I actually would rather have Demir Bird.
0: I think there's more there Demir Bird. Bird. I wouldn't mind that.
1: It's more of a different kind of guy that I'm okay yeah. with. Um, and then like I, the Isaiah Oliver is a Falcon lot for me. History, though. I think Isaiah Lo- Oliver has to be back. Like, there's just no depth. Mm-hmm. And even if you go corner high, I think he has to be a priority. You have to figure out. You need depth at out. that
0: position anyway. Why, not, why would you not bring that guy back?
1: Carter, even, and even Rashawn Evans, it's whatever. I'm just like some of these guys have to play. Like I think Troy, Troy Good Anderson players, needs man. to start. I don't know. I want more bodies, and I would rather them continue to draft linebackers and kind of add more um, versatility and add more uh, <laughs> add add more athleticism to that to that room. And I'm like, Evans is fine, but I don't
0: know. He's pretty athletic. They have it's a pretty old. Athletic
1: room. I don't know. Old. Yeah, Rashawn Evans is old. It's banged up. What is Rashawn Evans? Thirty? Let's see. He's twenty-seven, my man. Oh, man, nah, it's an old twenty-seven.
0: <laughs> Damn, dude, I was like, kill him. I'm twenty-seven.
1: Get well, out of on, that, I'm thirty-one. Man. Come on, I, that's
0: 31. what I thought when uh when you said that it was a because uh, I think he came through the year after I did. He was the year behind me in high school.
1: Hmm. Well, he was hold really on, talented. He has four. Yeah, I mean, we're on year. This will be your six for him. It's a long time. Pro linebacker.
0: Drafted in 2018. First round pick. Yeah, he dealt with a lot of a lot of injuries. Yeah, too. that's the other
1: thing, too. An old twenty nine. What is he? Twenty seven? Twenty nine.
0: He's a good player. I mean, he I think he is. Uh, Troy, and he's very similar to Troy Anderson in that like sort of mm. uh, hyper athletic build. Um, but I think Troy Anderson has a Troy Anderson has a significantly higher ceiling.
1: He tackles it in a hilarious way too. Troy Anderson. It's like a full on wrap up guy. The legs like people just stop. He's just like a, I don't even know who he he reminds me of as a linebacker, but he just like the full on wrap and you just stop in your tracks. It's like getting hit by getting hit by a bulldozer. The dude is (laughs) a, the dude's a menace.
0: Um, And Troy Anderson will be better with that as I think, as he continues to develop. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys who he didn't, he only has two full seasons as a full time linebacker. Mm hmm. One of them was his rookie year of the NFL, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's an athletic freak.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully. Uh, hopefully it
0: translates. So.
1: Yes, that would be the hope. Because he was a high pick. He's a There was other guys available. He's the Matt Ryan pick. Mm. Yeah. So he'll
0: always be held to that standard.
1: There you go. Speaking of Matt Ryan, he was at the Hawks game. Uh, I saw that. This week. The Hawks lose their first game with Quinn Snyder. They play tonight. As folks are hearing this, we'll see whether or not they win. Game uh, starting
0: at seven o'clock.
1: Yes, the game. There you go. Good
0: plug. <laughs> I'll be what there. uh?
1: What looked different to you about uh, the Quinn Snyder era thus far? Anything look different in not, the Whiz? Really?
0: I wouldn't say different necessarily. I, one thing that I kind of liked is uh, they they sort of trusted that Joe Prunty was going to come in and, and do his thing, and like. Quinn Snyder can only do so much. I mean, like, he's only been with the team for, what, at the time, I guess, like a two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he even officially announced he had one formal practice and then a shoot around uh, the day of the game. And I mean, there's only so much you can actually do
1: mm-hmm. in that
0: period of time. But I mean, it doesn't help that Bradley Beal just went nuclear on this team. And but then again, Trey, Trey looked good. I mean, I, I enjoyed what I saw from Trey in the first three quarters of the game. The f- fourth quarter was. Uh, forgettable, Uh, not just from him, but from the whole team. They kind of went iso ball, which is what just drives a nail into my head every time I watch this team do that. They just always fall into that bad habit, which is, in my opinion, a habit of bad teams. Um, But I I think it's something that Quinn Snyder can can snap out of him. Um, I think that if they get that buy-in that I think this could be a good basketball team under Quinn Snyder. I I don't, I don't know if we're actually going to see that over the next, what, 20 games or so. It's it, I think it's a little unrealistic to expect a coach with not his staff, not his guys coming in and and working some insane like voodoo magic and putting this team into the playoffs. I mean, can I be optimistic about it? Sure. I think Quinn Snyder is a significantly better coach than Nate McMillan. I think, I mean, he was by and large, the best coach on the market. I mean, without a doubt, I mean, you could go through, he was he was one of the best coaches in the NBA for the last five years. And I'd say like top 10 at least. And best coach mm-hmm. that I think that the, the Hawks could really reasonably expect to go get. Um, but as far as like the game against Washington, there's nothing really that was different. Joe Prunty mm-hmm. was the guy who, who drew up all the plays. Uh, Quinn Snyder, I guess, like coached from the sideline or whatever, but, Um, I saw a couple more traps on defense, which I liked. I saw some, um, the team looked like they were playing aggressively. Uh, They looked like they were moving the ball a little bit better on offense. But then again, like I said, fourth quarter just sort of stalled. Um, I don't know. Based off of the reports that I've been seeing and uh, the people who I know who have been at at these practices, I mean, there seems to be more buy-in from the players and and Quinn seems to be a lot more hands-on than Nate was, which I think is a good thing. And I think that we need to shift our focus not from these next twenty games, uh, and really see what the long term effects is. Like, who's going to still be on this roster come tip off in October? You know, like is DeAndre Hunter is is he going to be on this team? John Collins is going to be on this team? How does Dejounte Murray and Trey Young? What is he doing with those guys? The little themes like that. That's what I think is really going to be the interesting thing to watch over these next twenty games.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Quinn and like when you the, reading through the tea leaves like Kyle Korver, obviously assistant GM Landry yeah. GM and then Quinn Snyder who values shooting pick and roll offense. And that's he just dominated with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell in that way and surrounded them with shooters and they won a bunch of games. They were the favorites in the West. They got close uh, making the media finals like the bubble run was strong for them. Like they were a really good team for uh, several years out West. Like Quinn has done a really good job. Yeah. The elephant in the room is that they don't have enough shooting, and part of it is they play lineups. But it's like Sadiq Bay—you can make the case should be starting at the floor. And I wondered if it's like—is Quinn his first big move? John's got to go to the bench, and Sadiq's got to start because well, we he, saw
0: that in the fourth quarter yes. down the stretch, and like that—that that was probably the biggest decision of the game for Quinn mm. Snyder. Because Sadiq Bay, I think, like you said, like he is the biggest benefactor. I'd say, like outside of the obvious, yeah, like Trey Young and whatever. But Sadiq Bay, I think, is he, he fits this offense perfectly. Mm. And whether or not, I, I don't think he's an ideal switch for John Collins necessarily. I think he's an ideal switch for just as a wing in general. So mm. whether it's uh, it's it's Bogey or it's DeAndre Hunter or or, or Dejounte Murray or somebody with they need shooting down the stretch, I think he's somebody who. You could come in and put him on the wing and really give some opportunities for for Trey. That's Mm -hmm. what I saw. Because with (laughs) Sadiq Bey on the outside, on the perimeter, Trey was able to get into the interior of the defense and really cause some havoc. Um, Because people would crash down and then you have guys open for wide open layups like that. Clint Capella dunk that he had earlier in the game. Mm -hmm. Sadiq Bey causes those things. And him on the outside having those three-point threats on the outside, I think really causes those things. And John Collins, I love the guy. He was a high in shooter, a high volume shooter, a very successful shooter until he had that finger injury. And he just mm. hasn't been the same guy since that injury. He's like a twenty-five percent three-point shooter since the injury.
1: He still wears the thing on his finger. Yeah, I met him at the
0: the Hawks meet and greet, like maybe mm. a week ago, and he still had that thing. It's still swollen up. Like it doesn't look good. And mm. that was really his biggest value as a player. You know, mm. it's it's that freakish. Like if he was G a little bit bigger, it doesn't
1: matter, right? If he could play the five, if he was bigger and could defend he's fives,
0: to play the five.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, he can't do it. So it just makes it hard because, like, if he doesn't have the shot, then you're like, well, maybe we can move him to the five and then it's not a, as big of a deal. But it's like, he's not big enough. He can't handle the five. So he just, he just shouldn't get DMP CDs, but, like, Collins can't play. But I think when you're doing, like, the winners and losers, too, I think one of the first things we'll be looking at is, does Trey do more stuff off the ball with Quinn? Does he buy in more on that front? Is there more the next 20 games? Yeah. Like that's something I want to see. Like okay. what is Quinn able to draw up to be like, Hey, you've got to do some more stuff when DeJounte has the ball late. Like it cannot just be a your turn, my turn type deal. Um, <clears throat> but the other thing too, Jalen Johnson's probably getting squeezed here. Cause I think, Oh yeah. There's just no path. I think for him to be on the court, come time. I also think another sneaky benefactor is in and Kong. Wu. I think, and just him being the perfect kind of pick and roll pick like he's just the size his defensive uh, versatility i could see quinn maximizing and in a way that nate did not and using him more as a modern modern five so I, i'm interested to see what Inyeka looks like because i think there's still i can't quit andyaka and i think there's another little he'll always be kind of blocked because trey and capella have uh just this uh second uh six cents with one another um before the other is at any given moment yeah. but eventually the plan like has to be and yucca has to start and capella has to be the one playing 20 to 18 minutes a night and it has to be majority I mean, and what was the last
0: time you saw a top 10 pick mm, not have an opportunity to start in his rookie contract
1: i don't know i'm sure there are a lot because like the guys who flame I'd, out and stuff um who never yeah, even maybe, maybe there's one or two but it's yeah. still it's an anomaly yeah, It's, it's certainly Especially not a good player. I think it's a better way. It's like, he's, he's a good. good
0: player. Like, I, I like this isn't, this isn't like just some bad basketball
1: player. Right. <laughs> he just doesn't, it's not like James Wiseman who it's like he's not playable and he just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it's like, and Yaku Kongwu is, is a very, very good basketball player. Mm. It's just, I mean, he he played 13 minutes against the wizards. Yeah. Come on. I want to see some more. And I think we'll see a little bit more tonight. I, I think it's going to be an incremental thing. Mm. I, I mean, Every game at this point is, is effectively a playoff game. you got to win every game if you want to have any any chance of, of jumping up into that sixth seed, which I think is not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, the the the, the schedule is very difficult, but at the same time, you're playing the teams largely that are ahead of you or, or competing with you directly. Mm-hmm. And if you beat those teams, that's a big deal. So, like, they have two games coming up against the Miami Heat. Like, you win one or ooh, both.
1: That's a well, big they're reeling. Deal. Yeah.
0: Whoa. It's crazy. You actually control your destiny when it comes to that state. So look, this team can theoretically make up make it up to the sixth seed. I don't I'm not gonna hold my breath on it, but I think this is a perfectly viable team. I want to see what they do under Quinn Snyder tonight, especially. I think they've had the extra day off. It's an extra practice day, an extra day for them to to really see what they can do with each other and get to know Quinn Snyder and vice versa. And I think that this team can be pretty I think this could be a more interesting basketball game tonight.
1: Hmm. I don't disagree. Um, last thing here, Braves doing our preview series here, different players, Austin Riley. What do you expect out of Austin Riley in 2023? What can he get better at? And do you think he is the Braves best hitter in 2023?
0: Well, I think the the ceiling for Austin Riley is that he is the the Braves best hitter. Uh, I think the he's never going to be the best player on the team for just because Ronald
1: Acuna is still on this roster. I'm not certain. Like he's going to play uh, more games. I like it would not surprise me. if better I WC+ mean, is the ceiling better. for
0: like, for Austin Riley is best player, best best hitter, I should say, on the Braves. The, the, the ceiling MVP for Ronald Acuna is best player in the world. So yeah. there's just it's just a different conversation there. But I, and I love Austin Riley. I've been on on Austin Riley's bandwagon for a long time since he was called up to the, to the show back in what, 2019.
1: Mm.
0: So I, I think it's what I want to see from him specifically is I want st- to, I want to stop seeing the swing and miss. Uh, he chases, he still chases a little bit more than I'd like to see. Um, last year we saw a, a slight uptick in his walk percentage. And I think I, I'd, I'd really like to see him up that again this year, especially if he's going to be coming into the three hole. Um, I mean, you're going to have Matt Olson or likely Matt Olson batting in the four spot. Um, I think he's going to come in off of Michael Harris. So he's going to, Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna rather. And I could see him really upping those RBI numbers. He, his RBI, what did he have? Like 90 some odd RBIs, 93 93. RBIs. I can see him getting up into the hundreds. I want to see him in the triple digits this year. I, I think he's very capable of doing that, especially with Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna playing in front of him. You get one or both of those guys on base, you get a, a base hit and that's scoring at least one of those guys, you know? And I think he's very capable of being that guy for the Braves and 40 home runs. That's another thing I'd like to see. Um, but I think he's right in a sweet spot. If he just comes in and does the things that he did last year, it just missed your consistency. And I don't even need to see what we saw right before he got that massive contract extension. I want to just see just the consistent Austin Riley who's going to come in and be a pro um it's what we've come to expect from him the last these last couple of years and look and then he's and then he's gonna get hot and then if he gets hot he's one of the best players in the sport so um really what i want to see i want to see 40 home runs in a perfect season 40 home runs i want to see 100 plus rbis which i think is perfectly reasonable um and then just cut down on the swing and miss make him pitch to you
1: yeah i think so too do you know who his most similar uh, batting score is on Baseball Reference to this point?
0: Austin Riley, to, mm. similar to him.
1: Mm. Kyle Tucker, in Houston. Hmm. Retire, and, and then a similar batter through age twenty-five, which is interesting. Guess who it is? Ooh. He's a current third baseman uh, in the NL West. Chris That's Bryant. A name, Machado. Chris, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant? No, mm-hmm. oh, I forget,
0: I always forget he's out there. Yeah, yeah, it's not All bad. Right. That's he fine. played
1: 160 games last year, 159 the year before. He's he's a consistent play. player.
0: He's he's good. Yeah, like, he's a good baseball player. And I think I think Austin Riley is a higher ceiling than either of those guys.
1: I mean, Chris, mm-hmm. Bryant. Chris Bryant. I don't think he's a higher ceiling than Chris Bryant. No, but Chris Bryant's kind of messed up on that. I spoke too yeah.
0: quickly on that. But um, when Austin Riley is is playing hot baseball, like if he's like mm-hmm. in one of those moods, you know, which we saw last year in July. Uh, he's pretty damn good, and this team will win a lot of baseball games with Austin Riley playing the way he does. If he does, if he gets to that level, but I just want to see a little bit more. Like, be Mister Consistent and be that guy who's that steady face, steady force in the middle of the lineup for the Braves. And like, I think he's going to be a key cog in a Braves team that wins 100 games. So uh, he's going to be a very good baseball player. There you go. On de- actually, one thing though, on defense, yeah. I, I want to see he's going to be a sneaky person to watch just mm-hmm. because of the elimination of the shift mm-hmm. and he's playing next to Vaughn Grisham. I think that's going to be an interesting sort of dynamic between those two. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on those two. That, that's really the biggest thing that I'm going to be doing during the re- the, the rest of spring training, especially the early part of the, the 2023 season.
1: Is it Grissom or Grisham? Grisham. Is it? Yeah. Two S's like that is Grisham. But I thought, hold on. I swear when he first came up, people were saying Grissom. And then there's also hold on Marquise Grissom, but how did he spell his? Yeah, Marquise Grissom spelled it the same way. Wait, do we say Marquise Grisham? or do we say Marquise Grissom? Hold on. Grissom. Ha Grissom. It's kind of goes Grissom. both ways. It says both ways. That's what I'm saying. I don't know which one uh, it is. I don't know. I trust my. But now I'm like thinking back because I was too young. Marquise Grissom, oh, wow, but I swear crazy, I said Marquise crazy. Grissom every time growing up.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of go both ways. Sorry, I just mm. got distracted. It's just it is now a all of a sudden a torrential
1: downpour. Just well, outside. we just sent it just... to you. I told you what's going crap. on in East Tennessee. <laughs> Be careful.
0: It is shaking light posts. Huh. Uh, well, we're about to go to a Hawks game, so we'll see how this goes. There you go.
1: Be safe. You might lose power, so let's wrap <laughs> up this podcast. Garrett Chapman, what can we check out from you over at 92.9 The Game and 247 Sports this week?
0: Uh, well, official visits are getting back underway for Georgia Tech, so we'll see if we uh, get a full list going there. So we'll have some stuff there. All the coverage for the Yellow Jackets' basketball season, I think, comes to a close tomorrow. Their final game of the season, which uh, I think that's about it. Uh, but baseball season's getting underway, and baseball of course it's, it's a very exciting time here in atlanta Danny hall yeah so it's gonna be a, a big time big time year so uh excited for that excited for everything that's going on at the station hopefully we get a another hawks win
1: there you go garrett chapman always a pleasure and i will talk to you next week
0: sounds good